0: Hi, I'm Wendy Francis, nutrition therapist, emotional eating expert, and entrepreneur. I've helped countless people overcome their obsession with food and weight. Isn't it time you overcame what you had become and ignite who you were meant to be? Your time to become an overcomer starts now. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Overcoming Your Emotional Eating. On today's call, I'm live on a pre-recorded line with a client talking about the feeling that we're all going for, right? The feeling that makes us actually feel alive. What's that about? We all want it. We all seek it. We can seek it in good ways or in bad, in addiction, or in health. But we all seek that feeling. And the reality is food can come in the way of that. On today's call, you'll hear me work with a client around this topic. Take a listen and see what it means to you. And if you like this podcast, please rate review, and subscribe to this podcast. I'd love to hear back from you. Thanks for listening.
1: I have a question. Sure. I, what you said is so meaningful about the fear, because I never thought of it that way. And there is a fear of success, fear of change, mm-hmm. I think, because success would be a change. And mm-hmm. all of the reasons that you listed, how do we figure out which one is ours? Great question.
2: I mean, one right. That's where working with a professional can help. But even before you do that, if you want to be your own healer, so to speak, right? First, it's just sitting down when you recognize it happens. So many people, when this happens, I've seen it for forever, really. When this happens, what so many people do is either they blame another person or they stick hard to their identity of being a self-sabotage person self-saboteur right i just self-sabotage that's what i do right so that's the other right moving into an identity um or they move into blame guilt and shame on themselves
1: i think that's probably where i fall because i've yo-yoed so many times in my life it's just a repeat pattern i guess i don't know right
2: and i get that right that's that's exactly what happens So one of those three things we could predict would happen. And and then if we can, that's where you can't get the answer. Because we can't come up with our own answers when we're in the way. Guilt, blame, shame, frustration at ourselves, um, or sitting hard in an identity, right? Like I just self-sabotage. You can't get an answer then because you're blocked. It's like you stuck yourself in a room and you can't get out, but you have the key. So if you can stay out of those patterns that happen after you quit, so to speak, or you give up, or whatever you want to say happens in that, right? If you could simply just stop and be objective, Now this is where a second party or a third party comes in, so to speak, but if you can just stop and say, okay, wait a minute. I was doing really well, and I stopped. Okay, what am I afraid of? I'd start with that because it's an easy question, so to speak. It's a hard answer, but it's an easy question. Hard answer to here, right? But it's an easy question. So what am I afraid of? Or what triggered me to stop? Right, looking at maybe relationships or, right, what, what triggered me to stop? Or how would I have felt if I kept going in that positive direction? Why was it getting hard? Because that's where you could look for things like anxiety, you know, or stress. Because for, you know, many of my clients that I've worked with, that anxiety can get so difficult in that moment. It's almost like they can't, it, it, I get it, like It's almost like that cake or whatever's in front of you, the chips, whatever it is, it's just like there is no choice. It feels like there's no choice. I know there is cognitively, and you do too, but it feels like that. When you're dealing with stress-related eating or anxiety-related eating, in that moment, when that stress and that anxiety is so high and you've coupled food with comfort, it is very difficult to get out of that pattern until you know it and you understand it. So first is just asking yourself a number of questions and being very objective, just like I just, I was, right? If you hear me ask those questions, there's no judgment in any of that. In fact, I believe in non-judgment all the time with ourselves because we're only doing the best we can in every moment. And I also know you can't get answers when you feel bad.
1: Does that help, caller? It does. Do you ever see like a cockiness in people? Like, oh, I took it off. This time it will be different. It's okay. I'm at a party. I'm just going to do this for today. I'll pick back up tomorrow. Um, And maybe you do tomorrow. But then next weekend comes along and you're like, well, I had success. I'm still losing weight or the scale didn't gain like I normally do. Mm -hmm. And you just repeat that pattern. And is it just a very slippery Slope, because that's I think where I am. Mm. Yeah. So I'm
2: wondering because that sounds a little bit like a, an element of um, I'm going to use this word. It's a little bit strong. I don't mean it, but I want you to hear it. So, so sure. But I'm like a denial, like a like a like a shielding.
1: Mm. It's probably because I never it's never worked in the past yet. I think it will this time. <laughs> so right.
2: Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and we do, you know, as you, here's the deal, right? As human beings, we like to think that we can keep doing the same thing and get different results. We, we can't, right? If you do the same thing, you get the same results you always did. There is no different way about it. You have to do something different to achieve different results.
3: Can I say so that? Hmm? <laughs> Can I chime in for a second? Sure. Um, I, I think she's talking about you feel like you're cheating the diet and you're getting away with it. That's Correct. how it feels. Like I'm cheating that's how it feels. a little bit here and there, but I'm not gaining. So boo for me. You know, I, I understand. Yeah, so who's that. really winning? Yeah, right. I, right. I understand what she's saying. And that, yeah. I mean, I've done that many times before too.
2: Yeah. Do you know what that is? No, <laughs> that's your she-wolf, that's your rebel. Doesn't sound like it, but it is, it's that part of us that goes, Ooh, I can sneak in 10 minutes after mom said, cause I think she's asleep.
3: Mhm.
2: Right. Ooh, I can just do this. I remember doing this as a teenager, right? I think my mom is asleep and I go, Oh, I can go in late. Right. Because it's that rebel in us that's like, oh, I can, I can sneak this in a little bit. But the truth is, who who are you playing against? Right. I mean, when, we, when, I, when I was an adolescent, I was trying to get one over on my mom. <laughs> right? Right. And that's
3: what teenagers do. But like she said, it, it's a slippery slope. And eventually, you say, oh, well, I'm tired of doing this. And, you know, eat a little more here, a little more there. And just kind of, well, now I blew it all together. and. That's the because you, give, I get sometimes.
2: yeah, yeah. Well, because mm-hmm. you give life to that she wolf, it becomes about that rebel,
3: mm-hmm.
2: right? So then the rebel can rebel, and then you can be a good girl, and then you can rebel, and you can be a good girl. But in that, then you're not aligned. You're not all together, working towards the same common goal. Not that you have multiple personalities, but we all have different parts of us, right? I mean, I have a part of me that's rebellious and plays music super loud in the car and screams my lungs out, right? And then, But that part has to align with the part of me that wants to really speed down the road, and I recognize that I shouldn't do that, <laughs> right? So, I don't, so mm-hmm. we all have those different parts of us. And once you hear that, I'm thinking that you, know, you have different personalities, but we do have different parts of us. So the more you let that rebel not really talk to the good girl, it's like you're either one or the other. The truth is you're both. You're both. Stop scrutinizing the rebel and loving the good girl, because you need both to survive. And the rebel and the good girl need to be in your life and not in your food. Rebel in life. Sing a little louder. Dance a little more. Sleep in later. Get it out of your food. That sounds like fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, come to my house. <laughs> my, my, my kids get a kick out of me. Because <laughs> I, I fully believe that. And I fully believe. And, and it may happen for men, too. I'm just not a man, so I, don't, I can't relate as much. But I really believe as women that, you know, one, we, we're taught to be good girls. I mean, it, it's all over. And the truth is, we need rebels to survive. I needed a rebel to survive growing up. Thank God for my rebel. And so now I honor that part of me, and I let it live in my life. The, the more that we keep segmenting off parts of ourselves like that and putting it in our food, the more our, food, our emotional connection with food is going to thrive right so that part you know what you were speaking of at first can be a little bit of denial but it could also be a little bit of that rebel starting to like take take you know voice so to speak the truth is nobody's really winning that like put a if you put a, if you put the rebel part in your life you could really win I mean, maybe don't sneak in late on your mom if you're like 45 and she's 80 now. (laughs) Like that might not work out for you. But allowing yourself to not always be the good girl in life. You don't have to please everybody. You don't have to do good by everybody all the time. Do right by yourself. And then it all falls in line. doesn't mean you're callous or hurtful to other people. I'm one of the most empathetic people. Absolutely. But I check out if things are good for me before I do them. Am I too tired, too stressed, too worried, too whatever? It's really important for us to do that because you don't have to be the good girl anymore. In fact, it's a lot funner not to be. That was a long answer. <laughs> 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 That's a good one, though. <laughs> yeah. But I believe it, I believe in it wholeheartedly. You can hear my passion because I believe that we don't, we don't teach our, our young girls. And and again, this can happen. I, I know what we do to, I know what we do to little boys too. We tell them not to cry and we tell little girls to be good girls. And then we have to put those different parts of us into other things or we have to numb them, quiet them somehow. And that is the sin of our nation, realistically because we need those other parts of us to survive. Great question. Did that help answer that? I know it was a long answer, but did it give you some nuances to think about?
1: Definitely. It definitely gives it perspective. And whoever helped me, uh, thank you for helping me to articulate it. Um, I think it's something we all feel Mm -hmm. from time to time. And it's just so hard to identify and I like what you said about rebel in different ways and not with your food. So that's definitely a behavior change. Mm-hmm. And I have to it's, figure out what that is.
2: Yeah. And it's, um, it's more than a behavior change. It's, it's almost a psychological alignment change. And, and I mean that because we segment off from that rebel And we don't know how to get her back because it's about the feeling you get. For everyone on the line and for anyone that listens back to the recording, there's these feelings, right? You guys can probably remember it. Um, A feeling when you were younger, teenage years, that you did something rebellious and it felt really enthralling, right? Invigorating. You did it for whatever reason. Yeah, like I can remember going in late because I was outside, and I won't name his name, but was outside in the bushes with a boy. <laughs> and he was super cute. And it was what it was, right? Because I was 16, and I was rebelling against my mom. And, but there was that feeling. It wasn't about the behavior in doing it. It was the feeling that you get because you feel alive. You feel alive. So the psychological alignment comes back to being in your body, mind, and soul alive. So do things that make you feel that way. And don't tell anyone I said to go out in the bushes with your husband or your boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) You can do it. Just don't tell anyone I said to do it. That's the feeling, right, that we're looking for. That's the feeling that that rebel is looking for, is to feel alive, to feel free, to feel young, to feel carefree, to feel spirited. I mean, the list can go on and on, right? But that's what we want.
3: But what if food did that for you,
2: and it's a food I'm,
3: that's not healthy? What do you do instead?
2: I know,
3: right? <laughs>
2: yeah. It's, that's, that's what happens, right? Cause we segment that part of us off and we put it somewhere safe, like food. Because food doesn't hurt anybody, right? So if that feeling is scary to you or to other people, we put it in our food. So one is to begin to identify what foods make you feel that way. And then what in life used to make, used to make you feel that way. Because you can start by what used to make you feel that way to see if it still does.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't, right? But it gives you a start, whether it's riding horses, uh, swimming, uh, singing, dancing. I love singing. I am the worst singer ever. <laughs> but it, it makes me feel alive. So what was it for you? Was it playing an instrument? Right? So sometimes you have to go backwards to go forwards. And so you can go backwards by looking at what used to make you feel alive. And then try some of those things to see if you're on the right path. And then you can recognize if you have a list of the foods that make you feel rebellious or make you feel alive. If you have a list, then you know when you're going towards those foods or you're craving those foods that you really are craving something in life. It's not really about the chocolate cake or whatever that, you know, whatever that food mm-hmm. might fall under for you. It really is about how you're feeling in life. And then your solution can come in life. Now that doesn't happen overnight, so I know I know what I'm saying, I know there's a work in progress there, but I'm just kind of giving you a snapshot of what needs to be done to do that. And there's a little bit of a process behind that. But it can it can be done. It's just knowing what to do and then implementing. And then continually implementing because old what do they say old habits die hard that the phrase the, the phrase mm-hmm. so it's just really recognizing you know what you'll be doing
0: and changing that thanks for listening if you like this podcast share it with a friend rate review and subscribe you never know who you'll help become
3: the next overcomer